So I'm uh, Dr. Hugh Rickards, I'm a consultant in neuropsychiatry in Birmingham and this is a JNNP podcast from the BNPA. Um, I've got with me Dr. Georgie Pius from Manchester and uh, Dr. Pius, you're going to tell us about your presentation today. Yes, uh, I'm actually, as you mentioned, I'm from Manchester. I'm currently doing my ST6 training in adult psychiatry with special interest sessions in uh, epilepsy clinic. And that is where I got the idea of doing a project on postural psychosis, uh, which my supervisor was interested in. So tell us a little bit about what you what your project was um, and what your methodology was. Yeah, uh, it was a case control study on postural psychosis, and uh, basically, with regard to the cases, we took recruited all the subjects from the caseload of the neuropsychiatrist, and the total number was 22. There were a few others which we didn't consider because the diagnosis was not clear. And uh, with regard to the controls, we actually took two controls per cases to add power to the study. And uh, we compared the quantitative and the categorical data across both the groups. What would you say your main sort of take-home findings were from the study? What were the main differences between the two groups? In terms of take-home messages, uh, I would say I would actually summarize my project in two main findings. One is actually with regard to whether this condition is influenced more by epileptic factors or whether it's the susceptibility to psychiatric illness. And I would say it's more to do with the epileptic factors like the chronic nature of epilepsy and the increased seizure activities. So what, what was it about your findings that made you come down on that side of the fence then and say it's really to do with the epilepsy? Yeah, no, when, when, when I was looking at the risk factors across both the groups, what I found was statistically it was significant in terms of seizure activity and also the uh, chronic nature of epilepsy prior to the onset of postural psychosis, which was 18 years in my study. So you're saying if people had epi- chronic epilepsy over a number of years, not very responsive to treatment, they were the ones that were really at risk? Yeah, it was more to do with people having a long-standing history of epilepsy and uh, not effective seizure control, leading to increased seizure activity and predisposing them to postictal psychosis, yes. What about the big clusters of seizures before the postictal psychosis? Did you see that? Because that's been documented before, hasn't it? It has been documented before. Previous studies uh, since Logsdale and Toon case series report, the average was two to three generalized tonic-clonic seizures prior to the onset of the psychotic episode. Even in our study, we found a mean of 2.19. So it was uh, echoing the previous findings. Did you find a difference uh, between the representation of people with primary generalised epilepsy or localized, compared to localization-related epilepsy with secondary generalization? Yes. Now, that was actually one of the main things about the study because previous studies, it predominantly focused on highly selective samples, like uh, they were focusing only on focal epilepsy or samples being recruited from uh, control monitoring units. Now, with regard to our study, we included, yeah, you could argue again it's a tertiary center. So again, you could argue about whether it's a true representation. But we did include uh, generalized and focal epilepsy. And what the common finding we found was uh, there was a strong association of focal epilepsy with secondary generalization. Do you think your study could change what it, what we do in this sort of situation? Is it a question of um, identifying high-risk people and uh, intervening early to prevent them from becoming psychotic? I think uh, I think uh, this study uh, again re-emphasizes the fact that uh, rather than treatment with antipsychotics, 
what is more important is actually effective seizure control. Mm-hmm. Could you just tell us finally about the lucid period? Because that's a common factor that we, we're, we're taught to expect in postictal psychosis. What's the sort of general duration of a lucid period that you find in your group? In, in my group, what I found out was the range of lucid interval was anywhere from eight hours to uh, a week. That was what we found out. And the other th- bit of received knowledge in this area is that the psychoses of postictal psychosis tend to be more affective in nature. Is that something that you found in your study? Yes, definitely. Uh, it's, actually a, it's actually a broad mix. I would say affective delusions and hallucinations. Definitely, clearly not characteristic first-rank symptoms of schizophrenia uh, and absence of negative symptoms of psychosis. Okay, Dr. Pius, thank you very much indeed. Thank you.